So hello and welcome to another Club Sports 10-Bit More podcast. This week we've got Anson Joseph, General Manager of the Calgary Colts, who's going to answer our 10 first questions uh, in quick-fire succession. So first of all, welcome Anton. Well, thank you so much, John, for having me. And so can you give us a bit of background on your many positions that you hold in sport at the moment? Well, I'm currently involved, uh, as you mentioned, as General Manager of the Calgary Colts. Um, I also am the defense coordinator at All Saints High School, uh, you know, high school program here in Calgary. And then I'm executive director of athletic, uh, Strive, Strive Athletics and Fitness uh, here in Calgary, working with athletes as it relates to their physical development and speed and, and sport enhancement in terms of their training. Okay, excellent. And again, I met you through that role many, many years ago. But we're going to go through the 10 questions. And the first one I want to ask is, what was your childhood um, sport experience like? What sports did you do? Well, I actually had a, a, a number of different sports. I played football at the provincial level, um, or played football at the city level, sorry. Uh, ran, um, also participated in rugby, um, was uh, involved in wrestling. I played soccer at, a, at an early age. I ran track at the U.S. college level. Um, so I've done a number of different things and, you know, I've, I've had good experiences, bad experiences, and it all depended on, on I guess, who was providing the instruction to me and, and providing the coaching. And that had left a, 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 a huge mark on, on the athlete that I became and the coach that I am now. Excellent, because that leads straight into my next question was, who was the greatest influence on you as a player or a coach? Who impacted your career? most which individual um, and why you know i had a, I had a coach uh, by the name of keith kendall he was a he was a very old school coach in terms of his mentality uh um very direct uh, never held any punches in terms of what he thought and and his opinion on things and some people got along with him some people didn't but you know he left a real big mark on me and at one time i was actually looking at walking away from the sport and uh, football and he uh, he phoned me up and he, he had said you know kid i heard you're not going to play and he and i said yeah you're correct i'm not playing i don't like all the politics and all the things that the the things that are associated with the sport that i didn't like and he told me you know what um, i'm gonna buy you lunch and over over an hour lunch period uh, i had a chance to talk with him about uh some of the things that i could do in order to to enjoy the sport a little more and one of the biggest things he had said to me he goes you know Anton you um, you know I'm a team guy but think of yourself first think of this as a job and think of the things that you need to do in order to be successful on and off the field and he asked me what one of my goals was, was as it relates to playing football and I said you know what to pay for my education he goes if you do this and you do this and you do this you'll get a scholarship. I guarantee it. But you've got to put in the work, you've got to put in the effort, and you have to show up and, and play for me this season. Sure enough, I did. And I ended up getting the scholarship that he had said. So he gave you that belief that maybe you didn't have at the time? Yeah. In no, yourself. He gave me, well, I had the belief, but I didn't have the Passion. confidence to see the things that necess- that that I could do in order to control my environment so that I can enjoy the experience yeah. so that I can get the most out of the experience. I got wrapped up into some of the politics as opposed to um, looking at what my end goal was. 
Well, again, we're leading into the next question as well. So what does it take to be successful? Graft or luck? Uh, I, 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 you know what it is? It's consistency, persistency. Right? I, yeah, I spoke to so many people and they're saying consistency and the people who do deliver. So graft is the consistency. Yeah. Maybe being in the right place to use that. Yeah, and being in the right place at the right time. But you know what? You've got to... You got to be persistent with that, that push, that drive, in order to get into that time period where it becomes uh, the fruits of your labor become uh, evident. Because so often individuals quit way before they even give themselves a chance to be successful. Yeah. Um, people look at, for for example, uh, with what I do on a on a personal level in terms of my career, and say it must be lucky that you have all these clients and, and these teams and everything else, but they didn't see the 30 years of leading up to that point. And it takes time and effort to get to where you need to be. Um, and so often people don't give themselves the time in order to grow. And again, you're leading. Um, lots of coaches focus on the outcome because they're professional. As a coach, development focus or outcome focus? I think there's a combination of the two. Um, you need to have a foundation. It's like building a house. You, you don't have a strong foundation. You don't have a, a solid structure. But at the same time, you know, unfortunately, we don't we don't take the steps necessary in order to to ensure that those individuals have the skill and attributes that are necessary to be successful like we we ex have all these expectations but we don't give them the tools to be successful a lot of the time yeah and so i think it's a combination of the two you have to come at it from both angles in order to develop the outcome. the process leads to the outcome oh, yeah, always 100%. yeah okay so in like i said we're looking at the mental skills what is the most common mental skill that you use with your athletes? Uh, what, what strategy is the most common to support them? I do a couple of different things with my athletes and, and even with the coaches that I work with. Um, one, number one, um, they've, got a, they've got a plan, a plan to be successful. And so they've got to lay out the expectations, goals, um, uh, where they want to be and, and figure out the time period that is necessary to get them to where they want to be. It, it's like going on a, on a trip. If you yeah. don't have a map, if you don't have a destination, how do you expect to get anywhere? Yeah. Right? And so that's number one. Two, and during the activity, um, to incorporate some type of visualization, some type of, um, of, of um, tool to have them see themselves actually carrying out whatever activity that they're looking for if they don't do that and you don't visualize you can't if you can't visualize yourself uh envision yourself as being successful in a certain activity or a certain you know, aspect of training or what have you then how are you going to manifest that how are you going to put that in yeah. into uh, uh action right and then evaluation so constantly looking at what you've done to get to where you need to be in terms of your various benchmarks and evaluating what uh, has worked, what hasn't worked, and then modifying those little aspects to ensure that you take your, your game to the next level. So how do you do the visualization with your athletes? Because it's this very personal uh, 
practice. Mm-hmm. Some people can do it very well. Some people do it from the third eye. Yeah, and one one of the things that I'll I'll do is I'll actually talk talk them through a process where I'll I'll have and provide them with various cues as it relates to the activity. So, say for example, um, their lift. Now, yeah. before they do a specific lift, if we're doing a, what's called a one RM or three RM lift, where it's a one rep or three rep max, I'll have them take some time visually see themselves in the position almost like you said a third yeah. eye position and, and and take in the sounds the smells and, and what have you and then see themselves actually executing the lift prior to them actually doing it so you get them to paint the picture you, paint, you paint the picture from 100 percent. next question um most champions have a fight fight or flight Muhammad Ali would have been race Lionel Messi um, from the background he came from the same with Ronaldo um, what was your fight? yeah you know I came from I, I came from a, a, a background where uh, we didn't have the financial resources that uh, a lot of individuals had and I realized quickly at an early age that I needed to have and leverage sport as a means to pay for my education. Um, uh, I was fortunate enough to receive a scholarship, to, a full scholarship to play football, um, and I'm currently doing my master's degree in, uh, in business. And my opportunity in order to to leverage my sport was that drive that, that gave me the opportunities that have proceeded in terms of being able to uh, get my degree, to work on my master's degree, to start my business, to, yeah. to meet my wife and what have you. I knew that sport was that vehicle. And so I discovered quickly at an early age that I had to put in the work and the, the effort necessary to maximize my impact on that sport. Thanks. And so if I didn't, if uh, I knew if I didn't, I would go down the wrong path. And so yeah. that, 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 that motivation, that drive and what have you, uh, came from knowing that sport was going to be my, my ticket. So the extrinsic rewards from succeeding in sport drove yes. you. Yeah. yeah. And it was never about playing prof- on a professional yeah. level. It was never about, uh, doing, uh, playing, at the necessary, the highest level, but it was about getting that education and yeah. getting and leveraging sport as that vehicle for that education. Quickly then, what experience through your career gave you the greatest learning curve? One one experience, that pro- probably that moment where you realize this is, this is what I need to do. You know, uh, the one of the biggest impacts uh, for me was was being in a situation where I saw family or not well, not family but uh, individuals that I grew up with that went down the wrong path um, yeah. and I realized that you know that was one of the biggest motivators for me to to, to do what I needed to do in order to not yeah everything that I could possibly do to not go down that path because um, I look I look at, at where they are now and I could have very easily been down that same road so it, it's it's been one of those motivators for me to, to ensure that I do what I need to do um, be right by the people that I engage in and, yeah. and to in, ensure that I'm not uh, in putting myself in a, in a bad state 
So, so all those coaching badges, those experiences, all driven by that design. Oh yeah, because yeah. you know we're we're only a a product of our environment to a certain extent, and yeah. so, but we we allow sometimes we allow ourselves to become who and and what we are around. Yeah, and you know. I was lucky enough to have a wake-up call to see uh, 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 an acquaintance go down the wrong path, and it made me realize that I didn't want that for myself. Yeah, okay. And looking back on your coaching career, I think we can all look back. I, I look back at the coach I was and the coach I am now, and they're, they're totally different animals. Yeah. Um, what was the one thing that you may have changed early on in your coaching to accelerate where you are now. Is I think I think one of the biggest things I, I would have done is to to be a little bit more um, laid back, a little bit more patient. I was very vocal as a young coach, yeah. uh, almost uh, too intense, more intense than my athletes. That's for sure. And I think part of that was because I was making the transition from being a player to a coach, and didn't understand that uh, not all individuals are motivated by aggression or 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 being loud or or intensity, and so. I look at my delivery method now. I'm very more pointed. Uh, I'm a little bit more laid back. I develop relationships a little bit more with the athlete uh, and to motivate them. And a lot of the athletes that I work with and or see and coach, I've known for for a number of years. So you 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 are able to develop that and nurture that relationship as opposed to being uh, a dictator you become more of a, a leader and and help drive and pull that yeah. information or that that required tasks out of the athlete right? so, yeah i think as young coaches we feel that we're being judged by the the games and the performances and it's only later on that you realize that it's the relationships you build with the athletes Exactly, and it's it's all about no matter when win or lose on the field, it's it's turning these young individuals into uh, productive parts of society. Not everybody's going to play at, at a professional level. Not everybody's going to make every team. Yeah. But if you can enhance the experience that they have, who knows? They might be a better mentor, a better leader, a better a better uh, teacher. Yeah. Down the road, and all because of something that you've been able to do. One of the biggest compliments that I ever got was uh, I had a, an athlete um, uh, who had a child. Uh, she had a child, and and I noticed that when she posted on social media that the child's middle name was Anton. And I sent her a message saying, uh, uh, I love your uh, child's middle name. She goes, you should, because I named him after you. That's fantastic, right? And yeah, so that's a massive to, to know that you yeah. can have that impact on somebody is yeah. That's all you can ever want as a coach. More than a championship medal? Oh, very much so. Yeah, more so. Uh, medals uh, get put in drawers. Absolutely, <laughs> right? Again, it's something I keep saying. It's the experience, the memories that we were. In. That's the business we're in. Yeah, it's it's not the medals. It's it's those experiences. Um, on a personal level, what is your goal for the future? You know, um, one of my personal goals is, and part of the reason why I went back to school is to get involved in, in sport at a higher level. So working with uh, um, professional athletes, maybe in a, in a sport management capacity or, or on a management level in terms of uh, a professional team or what have you, I find that even at the professional level, and it's amazing because a number of my athletes will come back and say, well, I'm playing at a professional level and it doesn't seem like they know what they're doing. 
<laughs> and I, I, unfortunately, you have a, a lot of times individuals that are in a position of leadership that don't necessarily have the skills necessary to become leaders. So, um, so don't necessarily have the skills to be leaders. So if you as a, a, a leader... Uh, if I can, as, as a leader, have the education, the background, and experience to leverage some of the things that I'm able to provide um, at a professional level, that's that's my dream. It'd be interesting because that'd be the reverse role. Normally, we see businessmen coming into sport, and when they come into the games, they suddenly lose their business acumen. Yes. Um, because the passion of the sport takes over. Yeah, yeah. But to get athletes to go into the business side of it, is, is a key and I'm fortunate enough to have a business degree and a kinesiology degree uh, going uh, when I first started the business so it, it, it it's nice to be able to intertwine the two and yeah. give give individuals a little bit of context in terms of how sport is a business to a certain extent but at the same time to to leverage some of the things that there are so many similarities though in, in leadership you're leading a team whether it's in the corporate world or in the sporting world yeah. but for some reason it gets and teamwork is essential is, and, and communication is essential and the budgeting and everything yeah but we lose focus of that and we, we, we lead with our heart and not our minds okay one last question um, we've, we've just sort of coming out at the end of this pandemic sport had an opportunity to change some of the the problems that are inherent. Yeah. If you had that magic wand, what is the one thing that you'd change to change sport for the better in the future? One of the biggest things that I see in sport, we we don't realize why we play the game. Why we we as adults give kids the opportunity or or why kids are involved in sport it's not just to to see wins and losses and 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 rewards and medals and everything else i've learned so many lessons from the game um covid and, and some of the things that uh, we've experienced over the last couple of months have reminded me that you know people is people is what is important and spending time and really uh, nurturing and, and 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 generating those relationships whether it's on on and off the field yeah during the during the whole covid situation i've had the opportunity to to reconnect with so many individuals because i've had the time and le- been able to leverage technology that i wouldn't have but i look at it and you know these are relationships that I've had for years with individuals from uh, football, from soccer, from from track, even us reconnecting. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And so, you know, one of the things that I, I, I strongly believe is that if we can really take the time to learn about each other, to communicate, to, to reconnect and reevaluate who we are as a society and 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 hopefully do that through sport and, and and not focus on just who won what when and how i think it's it's one of the things that i put out there about the four corner model you've got the physical the technical the psychological and the social corners and the most important one is always the social one yeah. but it's always the one that's neglected when we're on the the wheel of competitive sport and training and getting ready for games and stuff and 
I think that's that's one of the key lessons that we need to take as we come back to the game already. I know within soccer, they're getting ready for games and games and games, but let's reconnect with the kids who are going to play the games first yeah. and, and that social side. Yeah. And I think how we can do that, I, I don't know if it's, it's reducing the schedules, um, but like, like I said to you in the conversation earlier, for every hour we spend on the field, we must spend at least three or four yeah. supporting athletes off it, which often goes unrecognised. So maybe that's a way that it needs to be recognised by the administrators. Mm -hmm. The coaching isn't just coaching, it's, it's the people business as well. 100%, and people, uh, people don't realise that 99% um, of the individuals that participate in sport aren't going to play at a professional level, yeah. at a high level. So we've got to really focus on what and how and why uh, we are providing these opportunities and, and really foster the social aspect, the the communication aspect, the the life, like I said, the life lessons that we all learn in in, in playing the various games. Excellent, that's fantastic, and thanks for taking the time to 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 do that. And hopefully, we'll catch up with you again soon. And mm -hmm. all the best for the Calgary Colts for the coming season. Well, thank you very much, and uh, it was like I said, it was great reconnecting. Absolutely.